everyone. Welcome to episode two of the Hosanna Houston podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. And in episode two, we're going to tackle part two of Pastor Edwin's sermon series, I Am. This one is entitled God Is. And Pastor Edwin, thank you so much for joining us yet again. Yes, another week. So let's let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So um, week two in your sermon series was called God Is. And we just kind of unpacked a lot of different characteristics of God. Um, I really encourage people to go back and listen to that sermon. Those are available also to listen to. And, I mean, you opened up with a real banger here. Just God has no beginning, no end. God is everlasting. He's the ultimate reality. He's independent doesn't depend on us or anything. And supreme and constant and absolute perfection and is the standard of truth, beauty, and goodness. That is quite a God there though. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, obviously the idea of, of what we're doing as a church is <clears throat> to hit as many of the attributes of God as we can and to get to know God uh, in a more intimate, more clear way in a more biblical way, <laughs> which is the problem nowadays, right? That mm-hmm. we tend to think that we, we do know God, but unless we actually go back in scriptures and read and we see how amazing, how awesome, how big and how loving and how uh, faithful and how uh, holy he is, right? All these things, all these, so I wanted to list as many as, 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 as the things right. that I could, you know, <laughs> write down and, and that it, within a message, right, fit it in and, all that, and how big and amazing all these things God is for us because we need to have, as people, we need to have the right idea of the type of God that we love and we serve and we sing to and we pray to, right, and and how that should humble us, right, right. and make us just know we are completely at his mercy, right? And so that's why the start of that, right, to build the God that that we love and serve in this way so that we are aware of who we are, you know, mm-hmm. pursuing. Right. And so one of the, the scriptures that, that you, you, you tackled early on in the message was Proverbs 8, 17. It says, I love all who love me, and those who search for me will surely find me. <laughs> which is great that if we search for God, we're going to find God. But the first part of that, I think, can be a little troubling for people who are not like fully committed to belief. But the whole, I love all who love me. What is God trying to communicate through that phrase? Well, I think you said something right now. I mean, it's that it's troubling for those who are not fully committed. Well, that's the problem. Okay. <laughs> When somebody is not fully committed, mm-hmm. then you're going to question anything that you read in Scripture, right? Right. And so when we read something that says in Proverbs 8, 8, 8, 17, I love all who love me, right? So just that phrase alone, like if you are committed to following Jesus and to loving God, you're like, all right, <laughs> right? That's right. amazing, right? But to those who are not committed then that's like, well, that's not fair. Mm. Like, how does God just love those who love him? Well, that's a little selfish of him. Well, you have no right to ask that question. Right. Because you're not even committed. Like you don't you don't love him. So you're you know, you're questioning a verse like that. So that's that's the problem. I've, I've, you know, the, so you know, mm-hmm. we shouldn't even continue answering that question because it's not worthy of, right. of an answer because mm-hmm. those who 
question scripture are just not fully committed, right? So, and that that's the idea. We have to know our God, his sovereignty, his love, his control above everything, how he is absolute in everything, so that when we read these type of verses, we're like, exactly. Right. I if, love him, so he loves me, right. right? And if we cling too hard to the first half of that, like God only loves me if I love him back, then we totally forget the those who search for me are going to find me. Correct. Right? So if we get too hung up, on what we consider the negatives, then we're never going to really discover how truly merciful and loving God is because we're going to be like, well, I ain't going to look for him, but it says right here, if you search me, then you're going to find Yeah, just me. read the second yeah. half of the <laughs> verse, right? And it says, those who search me, right? So mm -hmm. you have to ask the question, right? Where do I stand with God? Like, what is my, I mean, what's my deal with, with, with the creator of everything, right? right. I mean, do I... Uh, just kind of kind of know him surface level or do I really want to know him? And he is saying, listen, if you put in the time, that's what he's saying. If you mm -hmm. search for me, that's good. You're gonna find me. Right? So God is a God of mercy and love, you know, just as he is a God of wrath and you know and justice, right? But he is giving us a way. He's always given us a way mm -hmm. to find him, right? And that's you know, that's easier right. uh, to understand when we are when we know him better. Mm -hmm. So in your message, you had touched on 1 John 3, 7 through 9. Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. Mm -hmm. But when people keep on sinning, it shows they belong to the devil, who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. And you followed it up with, let's be honest with ourselves. And you even went as far as to say that, I won't say examine yourself, but let scriptures examine you. And what what is the kind of the, the thinking behind that? Why, why not examine ourselves, but rather let scripture hold up the mirror? Well, that's, that's our problem, that we tend to try to self-examine ourselves. And I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of it in the sense of saying, you know, hey, examine yourself a lot. And then, you know, to an extent, I think most people understand what I'm, what, what, what's trying to be said in, in those sentences. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, when we examine ourselves without the Word of God, we tend to think we're a lot better off mm -hmm. than we truly are because we're showing, we're extending a little curve or grace, you know, to ourselves. Mm -hmm. But when we let Scripture examine who we are and what we are and how what the state of our life is, then we really see how bad we are. So the verse says in verse 9, 1 John 3, 9 says, those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, that, that lifestyle comes uh, from a gift that we were brought into the family of God, right? Not that not that we earned that, but God pulled us from death, right? And it places us in a place that now we can say, I am a child of God, right? And therefore I pursue him, I seek him, I love him, I, I go after him because I was dead in my transgressions, dead in my sin. I was my life was out of order, out of control, you know, uh, uh filled with Everything else that does not please God, 
And yet he saw me in that state and he rescued me for that, right? So it's not let me check myself because I'm going to extend too much grace to my own self. Right. But it's let scripture check myself. And there from there, I can make the right decisions, right? And see what the scriptures say about the state of my life and what do I do next, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a process of <clears throat> of understanding that the more I know God and the better I know myself, the easier it's going to be to understand that I need him more than I think. Right, right. Which leads me kind of to the, to the next point here of uh, to truly know God, we must, co- um, we must commit ourselves to obeying God. So much like a person who gets too hung up on the idea of God only loves those who love him back. And if we're supposed to be seeking after God, you know, it, it can sound like, all right, well, if we just do what God tells us to do, then he'll love us and, and, and we'll get to know him more which can be a little disheartening if you take it that way. So what it, what are we really saying there? What is the the benefit of obedience to God? Well, uh, I mean, I, I think, again, it's, it's the same, a little bit of, about the same answer that I gave you before mm-hmm. about Proverbs 8, 17. When we have a problem that God calls us to obedience, then that should tell us so much about our state, about how we are, right? So when God says, obey me, and through obedience, you show that you love me, right? Like when all that is put together and we find an issue with that, that should tell us how bad we are, right? right. Because we are, we're questioning the sovereignty of God that he is calling us, listen, I have loved you. I have reached out to you. And I'm asking of you to obey me, right? So that should not be an issue for us. But it is right. <laughs> because we don't want to be either. I mean, we're selfish. We don't want to be told what to do. And 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 in this case, it's because we don't know God. We question um, commandment, right? right? To love God above all things. And if we love God above all things, then we will obey him. And we will not question that he calls us to obedience. Right. But obviously people do. Right. And I think we all do. I think that is kind of, if you approach it with, uh, if you just lump Christianity to religion and any kind of religion and the idea of religion, right? Because a lot of people will say, well, all religions are fundamentally the same. You're just trying to be a better person. If it works for you, it works for you and that kind of a thing. And, And Christianity is very different than that. And I think the reason we have a problem with the thought of, well, if we just obey God, God is perfect and is so demanding of us, then obviously having to obey it, his commandments, well, that's impossible. Why stress ourselves out about it? But that's if we approach it purely from our way, our path to salvation is just these practices of do's and don'ts, and these are the rules. These are the rules to this is how life is good and if you do it well enough, maybe you'll get into heaven. But it says in Ephesians 2, 9, and 10 that salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Christianity is not about being a better person. Like, So when we lump it into other religions like that, we kind of erase the uniqueness of it. 
So salvation is a gift. And so how does that reshape the mentality where we go, oh yeah, I absolutely want to obey God. I do want to love God and search after him. So when we recognize it's a gift, like how does that reshape how we should look at Christianity? Yeah, it, well, it should reshape everything because everything else tells us, every other religion, everything you know out there will tell you, you have to follow these instructions, right? Not that we don't have commandments in the Bible, but we do. But the the way we are going to obey them is completely different mm-hmm. than anything else. It's nothing that we have done that drives us, right, mm-hmm. towards that obedience, to that faithfulness, to that pursuit of, like, I want to love and honor God correctly. And so everything else tells us, you know, do this, do that, follow this. And if you do it well enough, maybe, right. maybe you'll have a better life, you know, or maybe in eternity, right? And and we all know that's completely false. Mm-hmm. And so how this difference is because Christ had to come do exactly what none of us could do, right? Pay the full price, fulfill the law, right, mm-hmm. in the Old Testament, and completely live a perfect life that was impossible for any of us to live. And now through that approach for us, believing exactly what he did, now I can say, through him, I can follow him. I can obey him. I can be. Uh, I can pursue holiness, which is what he calls us to be. Which right. is a word that we try not to use in churches for some reason anymore because holiness scares people, right? right? Like well, we are to be pursuing holiness, and like yeah. that's a thing that we are called to be doing, right? The standard is too high. Like what we were talking about <laughs> before is if we keep leaning on the fact that it's a bunch of do's and don'ts and it's the rules to a better life, then holiness is terrifying. It is. But if we understand God's grace... Unachievable. Right. Completely unachievable. Yeah. And if we understand God's grace and Him constantly working through our lives, then it switches to, well, I I absolutely want to be holy. Uh, It reminds me of uh, Matthew 6 when um, Jesus saying... Uh, Those who live by the Spirit are free from the obligation of the laws of Moses, meaning we're not doing this because it's our duty anymore. It's because we're so in love with the person of Jesus Christ and the understanding of being in God's presence that we're not motivated by, I got to follow the rules. We're motivated by, this is just so satisfactory, and there's so much peace that comes with this, and the troubles of life kind kind of decrease in their size, as you kind of focus on God a little bit. Well, more. the impossible becomes attainable, right? Why? Yeah. Because Christ already did it. And so my trust is completely in him uh of a perfect life that I know I can't live, right. but he did, right? And so I'm secure in that. And so that comes my faith and faith alone in Christ and that's how I'm saved. And that's how I can believe with all my heart that I am being sanctified, right, on a daily basis. And I pursue him, like you were saying, because I am thankful, Mm. because I have no other way to pay this back. So I pursue him. I I work for a life that will honor him, right, Mm -hmm. till the day I die. And that's how we, we can truly just be the people that God has called us to be, right? To to understand that I am bad, God is good, I need him, and he's made a way 
so that I can be called a son and daughter of God, right? So right. it's it's amazing that it troubles so many that God calls us to obedience right. when he's made a way for us to be obedient, right? And it's, again, we don't know God enough, and that's why we question him too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's good stuff. Well, this has been great and fulfilling, and um, I can't, again, I, I'm so stoked that we're going through this journey as a church together and that we're tackling these messages over the next few weeks. Um, next week, guys, uh, we're going to tackle wisdom and faithfulness, God's wisdom and God's faithfulness. So be sure to tune into that uh, for part three of our uh, Hosanna Houston podcast, the series I Am available YouTube and Spotify and Apple podcasts. And we're going to put it up on our social media pages as well. So if you're uh, following us at any capacity, you have access to these things. I highly encourage you guys to go back and listen to the messages and, and open up your Bibles and study the character of God and the person of Jesus Christ and just kind of grow, grow in that. Um, and so I, I really encourage you guys to Kind of open those up and um, don't just take our word for it. Take God's word for it. Thanks. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>